0: big hello to our most intimate patrons welcome to this reading club you are uh, the chosen people uh, the self-selecting few who want to delve deeply with us into a reading that we do monthly um this month we are discussing jasper burns planning an anarchy which came out in south atlantic quarterly which was released earlier this year not a journal i'm uh, greatly familiar with and i don't know what bit of the south atlantic is it is it the uh is it like kind of South America, like Africa? Is it South? Atlantic? Brazil
1: still is next to the South Atlantic, Alex. So technically you are familiar with it. No, because
0: is, it, is this like a Falklands-based journal or like St. Helena or one of these South Atlantic <laughs> islands? That's what I'm thinking.
1: I think it's based in the US. It's just the name of the journal for reasons that we are not aware of. It's
0: the Malvina mm-hmm. Journal. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm, excuse me, the Melvinist Journal, of course. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, I don't think we're going to spend too much time discussing uh, those matters. If you do know, let us know. Um, this article is, you know, obviously about uh, economic planning. And just to connect it back to the previous reading club that we did, we discussed, uh, Yevgeny Morozov's article on non-market forms of coordination, another discussion around the ideas of economic planning or really alternatives to the market. Uh, that one is sort of a, an implicit critique of economic planning, or rather trying to look at alternatives, which are neither market nor planning. And this article is also in some ways a critique of traditional economic planning. I'm going to pass over to Phil, actually, who's going to explain a little bit more what's in the article and remind listeners.
1: Yeah. So as Alex mentioned, the reason we chose this piece was because it's in dialogue with... Um, uh, Authors that we've had on before, um, Lee Phillips and Michael Rosarski, who are talking about the People's Republic of Walmart, and the, this is an article which is in dialogue with that, um, with that book, but also some others. So it provides an overview of a recent, I suppose you could say, um, uh, revival of certain debates around economic alternatives to capitalism and specifically whether or not or how far new technologies, supercomputers effectively, and algorithms give us capacity to achieve certain kinds of economic um, uh, outcomes that were hitherto impossible and that might have stymied um, the development of socialism in the past is the implicit area around where these debates do belong. So Burns's piece engages not only with um, not only with Lee and Michael's um, book, *The People's Republic of Walmart*, but also mentions Nick Cernicek, um Nick Cernicek and fully automated luxury communism, and one or two other pieces as well. It's a remarkable paper in some ways because it's not only does it effectively review the um, current kind of crop of discussions around all of this. It also provides a primer in cybernetic theory and the importance of cybernetic planning both to or cybernetic theorizing both to um, Hayekian ideas of the spontaneous order of the free market as well as to Soviet style planning. Around, um, around whether or not economic alternatives to capitalism. It also engages with the old socialist calculation debate, which was an interwar debate between Hayek famously and Otto von Neurath, who was a um, left-wing economist in Vienna in the interwar period. And so all of these things are brought together, as well as a critique of Soviet um, Soviet economics based on Hillel Tickton's critique of the Soviet Union, all of these things are tied together in a single piece. So it's wide ranging, stimulating and um, on point, I suppose, would be the short way to say it. On point in terms of our interests, on point in terms of pushing forward um, some contemporary debates around and dealing very directly with what socialism means, um, which is a question I think which is often um only gestured at or left empty or not really dealt with in any kind of content whereas that's what Jasper Burns tries to do here so to be commended for that not an easy not not an easy read but a stimulating one nonetheless
0: no absolutely um i mean you, i guess you could say you're a burns bro now um you know given how much a fan you are of the now No, <laughs> no <Not> quite no. <laughs> you're better than that you're better than that Alex. apart from the
1: general lameness um i'm not no
0: <laughs> okay, so um, thank you for that introduction. Uh, thank you for that overview of the article. What we're going to do here in a reversal of usual programming, we're going to deal with your questions first as a means of uh, sparking a kind of discussion on this. Um, so to get started, thank you again, obviously, for for all your questions that you've sent in. So kind of grouping together the questions uh, thematically, the first one concerns uh, the issue of what does this distributed data look like? Or rather, what do we do with it? Is it just a bunch of data that's out there publicly available that we can act on? Um, you know, again, in this kind of post-capitalist communist future. Uh, and also, uh, what is the political organization uh, at that time? You know, is it, what is the basic unit of, of social organization? You know, is it a town? Is it a building? Is it the factory? Is it the enterprise? Uh, what is it? so i guess um yeah go ahead i mean
1: i think the so well i agree with um with this kind of line of questioning that came in that the what's one of the most the strongest parts of the of the burns paper is the idea of criticizing this idea of the socialist mega computer as it were so this idea that you could that as a result of new technologies um, that uh, it allows for a degree of coordination that would otherwise be impossible, and there are a number of problems I think with the um, with that idea, um, and some of them is I mean some of them are brought out by um, by Burns, and there's one important criticism which I think he misses. So one of the criticisms he brings out, which is important, is the fact that. Um, Even if you have, I mean, even if this kind of computing capacity existed, and he's skeptical that it actually does to the scale that we need, but even if it did, he makes the point that consumer demands are unstable shifting, and possibly even um, contradictory in parts. And therefore, the idea that you could simply input everything, those kinds of details into a computer that could give you an output at the end of it is unwarranted. Mm -hmm. The stronger point he makes, though, is that it's ultimately not about calculation. And that it was—it's a mistake to a degree to get mired in debates over calculation, um, which is to see, to understand the, um, which is to account for the kinds of resources that are devoted to different economic activities. And according to the Hayekian understanding, that this is um, this information is provided in the most effective way by a price, um, and. Burns shifts the register. He says it's not calculation that's so important as control. Yeah, I think this is
2: the most um, the most important part of the of the article is essentially separating or being very clear that when we talk about planning, there are really two different aspects. Um, one is kind of technical questions related, particularly to calculation issues, essentially of consumption, production, distribution. These are technical questions, but the most important thing. Are the political questions questions of control um and i think the more that you you tease that out the more you can see that really what we're facing as we have been facing for 100 150 years is questions of control and political questions and it's it's dangerous. I, I think that's the only danger about this debate is if it is that it can be taken into a technocratic almost space it's almost a left kind of technocratic approach where it's like okay we finally got the tech now we can solve all the problems we can have planning without actually having to have any political discussions or 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 conflicts
1: yeah Um, and this is really what burns drives home it's um calculation even with the enhanced technical power of um modern computing it doesn't resolve essential questions of control and who decides who appoints who influences both in terms of consumer demand, in terms of um, who appoints the planners, how do the planners decide? How do the planners aggregate preferences? All of these questions, which isn't to say they're um, they can't be solved. It's only that enhanced computing capacity doesn't solve them automatically. And so there's a way in which there's the cal- they trying to revive the calculation debate deflects Rob from, from that issue of control. Um, the other point, and George just touched on this, which I think Burns doesn't really raise, but is important. I think the um, the the issue is also it goes back to the question of that it's the implicit kind of assumption, I suppose, behind these arguments based on technology is that it's only recently become possible for us to reorganize our economies in a way that would be genuinely socialist. And I think that's a profound mistake because the effect of that is essentially to efface um, a hundred, at least 100 years of political problems. Now, this might not be the author's intent. It might not be a conscious choice by the author. But invoking the power of technology to resolve problems that um, you know that supposedly were uh, caused by a lack of technology in the past essentially suggests that there were no you know political errors were made. That there we don't have to learn from political history. That we don't have to understand the shifting politics of different um, classes and how classes are aligned with each other or in conflict with each other and different kinds of social interests so it's a very you know and as
2: it's too it's too easy as well unfortunately it sort of solves all our problems by saying yeah we've actually got it, it it's it's fine we just need to do one one small thing and change who controls the data um, and we've wiggishly achieved um, all of socialism's Kind of uh, kind of goals, but it's unfortunately a lot more complicated than that. And yeah, should be mm. clear that that's not you know that's not the line that Burns is taking. But I think it's important that as much as it's really to be welcomed that we're talking about, I guess, um, alternative economic modes of organisation. That there's you know there's there's prior political questions.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that's the argument that that, for example, Lee Phillips and Mikhail Rosorski make either in their book. I mean, they're they at least they, it may not be the main focus of the book, because you know, not to go on about that, but no, it, no, I think no, it's sure. a useful counterpoint I mean, that they that they say just... they try to hang on that they try to resolve they try to take on this argument that planning actually exists, so it is possible, which I think is an important kind of essential first step in this argument. But they also point out that some of the... That you know, the, their critique also of Soviet planning is precisely that it wasn't democratic enough, that um, there weren't signals enough being si- signals sent from uh, local points of production upwards. It was too much command and control. Right. It was from the top down saying this is what you will produce. Um, and I think in that regard, there's a certain alignment with what Burns writes here and what uh, Lee and Mikhail uh, have done as well. Um and yeah, I, I, I mean, But it wasn't
1: to it wasn't to suggest that they were that it's a conscious intention of the authors is to suggest that the framing of the debate itself has this tendency to deflect from prior political questions. So it's something to be conscious of. And um, it, that's the only point, really. It's not to it's not to impugn um, any author's honesty.
0: No, sure. Um, I think it is quite clear the way he puts it, actually. I mean, it's worth citing, you know, for cybernetics. Control and communications, transparency and tractability are the same. Uh, so effectively, you know, again, I think this is just to recap what you guys have said, but that the yeah. that it foregrounds a calculation debate about how uh, what signals can be sent, whether uh, a central agency can can capably. Um, Compute these different signals and respond to them as well socially. Um, you know, Burns points out that the Soviet one of the problems of the Soviet Union, and th- this isn't even his point. It's a point that you know Tikhon and other people have made, which is that the state didn't even have the capacity to act on the limited signals that it did get. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, nowadays with big data, uh, with algorithms as well, we can. Uh, manage those problems that those, those, I mean, that is not an intractable problem, but that isn't, again, the only problem. It's a question as well of, uh, of control and discipline. And I think, you know, that's where, it, where it gets down to, uh, the question that you might replace capitalism with a system which is more equal for sure, um, and which is more efficient or at least gets rid of certain capitalist inefficiencies mm. of overproduction in certain areas and insufficient production in areas which are more needed uh, so it might more adequately uh, you know respond to social need um and you know society would be more equal yeah. so there would be greater freedom there but in a more fundamental sense in terms of personal and collective autonomy that wouldn't be there and i think that's where that's you know the real nub of, mm. of his argument yeah,
1: yeah which i don't i mean i wasn't convinced by that so i agree you know he's right i think that um, it doesn't, you know, questions of computing capacity don't solve the problem of control, but he's overly worried about centralization, the centralization effects that come with technology. And um, I think too skeptical of the possibility for um, a new architecture of political democracy to control those those centers. And um, yeah. he's... Uh, yeah, doesn't I suppose he's too worried yeah. about reproducing some of the effects of capitalism, which are I would say not capitalism so much as complex industrialized technological society, mm. and that I mean you know it's something which is um, just I mean socialism is still a society, and then by by its very character as a society um, still has forms of social compulsion. That certain things need to be done, and then you need to find ways to encourage people to do that without resorting to coercion and violence and state domination. And those those are unavoidable. Whereas he feel, you know, he's very wary of those um, uh, and concerned about the fact that those kinds of structures would continue. Whereas I think it simply is something that has to be confronted. And so, accepted. I think,
0: I think it would be good to raise a, another of the questions or, or, kind of themes that have been raised by in some of the questions, yeah. uh, put to us, which is, which is very much to this latter point, not about so much political organization and whether, uh, you know, you could have democratic forms which tell planners what to be doing, um, but specifically at the more granular level of the individual worker, collectivities of workers, uh, whether that would be too, di- the system would be too disciplinary, telling people how, to produce, what to produce, and whether, you know, basically, instead of capital ruling society, you have the plan ruling society. So, you know, Burns focuses on, uh, and it just to cite something, you know, the founts of workplace productivity derived from the spontaneous creative actions of the workers themselves, rather than managerial systems. Uh, so, you know, Burns in the article points out that, you know, when people work to rule, um, as a, as a as sort of resistance to capital, uh, that you know productivity significantly drops from like something from what like 30 to 70% drop which actually takes from the uh Korean economist ha Chang um that that statistic and so this proves that what workers actually do is not follow the rules that uh you know their bosses set for them but actually there's a huge amount of creativity and spontaneity in in work uh the question then is uh, or the critical question to put to Burns uh, which we will respond is Uh, does he he fetishize this? Does he fetishize this nature of work? So this is something,
1: I mean, if you, you know, this is something um, some of our listeners raised and I don't, I mean, I just don't think, I don't think it's true. I think uh, his point is well made and well taken that um, in a kind of tremendously complex division of labor, where you're located and um, the kind of information and understanding that you give, that you get from being located in very specific um, parts of the economy uh, is important to um, how the economy functions. Mm. And you need that kind of um, knowledge that derive that expertise and knowledge that derives from very, uh, from great familiarity with a particular sector of the economy, a particular niche within a um, firm, whatever it might be.
2: Yeah, it's, it's difficult really to, to, to say definitively how people would respond and how people would feel and act in this kind of you know revised sort of society but I definitely think it's the case that if your work feels alien and imposed and and irrational um then it's completely demotivating and it's completely um it it's experienced in an entirely different way and I think if you are part of a of a, of a collective project um e.g. a socialist society that is motivating and that is the way to sort of to say well if you're solving a collective problem this is the um it gives you not only the the structural conditions but also the effective orientation to think okay how can i How can I bring my 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 creativity to this? How can I bring my my nerves and my um, muscles and my brain to trying to solve this um, solve
1: this problem? Your nerves (laughs) and your muscle and your brain. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but I don't think. (laughs) When was the last time you used muscle in your job?
2: (laughs) I use my muscles to type uh, into spreadsheets with my fingers. This is a muscular process.
0: This is this is the uh, this is actually to the point because I don't think this you know this issue isn't so much. I mean, there is an issue about. Discipline and motivation, which I think is something that maybe we can come on to. Um, but this issue right here is more about creativity and spontaneity at work versus following a plan, following even, you know, best practice or, uh, you know, the, um, sort of the most advanced knowledge in, in that field. Um, and basically about how much autonomy workers would have to kind of d- develop their own work process. There, and I think, it, and I think just, just to main... make one point about this is that this is something where it really is very different to 100 years ago, because a lot of labor is immaterial, especially under a socialist society. A lot of drudgery would be wiped out and would be done by robots. So all the more sensitive tasks would be things which would continue to be done by humans, Places, areas so, exactly Aaron, where spontaneity is necessary.
1: Is that you, Aaron? Hello? Aaron, is that you? Oh, that
0: so just, yeah, I mean... No. That's but By okay, the way, look, I'm going to explain I, what you were doing there. That He was suggesting I was Aaron Bastani, you know, of fully automated luxury communism fame. But I think no, any communist must be in favor of the harsh exploitation of the robots to do it with, with drudgery. So, you know, mock me all you like.
1: No, no, sure. But I mean, the point, I suppose the point is that these, there are two issues. So, I mean, I think, you know, there's no way you can abolish. Um, I don't, you know, the idea that we would all, it would be like some socialist realist painting That we all kind of march to work with great joy in our faces, like North Korean propaganda, or a Silicon Valley kind of working at the Googleplex. You know, both. I mean, it's grim, and utterly unappealing.
2: That's how I I go to work nowadays, anyway.
1: So because you don't go to work, because you're staying at home, that's (laughs) why. But the you work in the third sector. The point is that, you know, drudgery, you know, I mean, I'm sure in any kind of um, society, you know, it's still t- you know it's still be a pain in the ass getting up in the morning, whatever. Um, there still be things which are seen as difficult parts of the job and are still drudgery.
2: Who the will issue, shine the shoes under communism?
1: The issue is um, the issue is that though it's more about, less about those kinds of questions and about the political transformation of ownership of structures and control. And I think that Burns underestimates the if the emancipatory effects of that transformation itself. So um, I don't, you know, there is already. I mean, the point about work, the effectiveness of work to rule as an industrial strategy in modern capitalism, testifies that there is already a tremendous amount of. Um, expertise and creativity and autonomy that goes into the ordinary workplace already so presumably there'd be more of that if people felt more in charge of their lives in a future society yeah and the future society i mean by definition if it's a better society then presumably people would feel greater control of their lives mm. um so even with there'd be democracy the in the workplace place, still have Yeah. yeah exactly And even with exploitation of robots, I'm sure there would still be tedious drudgery, not least responding to stupid robot, you know, questions.
0: (laughs) 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 Wait, don't call our patrons that. That's really mean. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a joke. The, The questions are excellent. Thank you, people.
2: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, thank you, robots. Um, the no, I've got two, two points, two, two brief points. One Hegelian, one one a Marxist one. So I'd do them in in that order. <laughs> the, the um no, I think it's if you look at what autonomy means, it's rules that you set yourself, and that's I think it is important that there would. I mean, basically to to echo Phil's point that if you set those rules collectively, um either at the level of the workplace or the level of society. Then that is a that is a sort of freedom and spontaneity and creativity in setting those rules and and continually revising them. And I think the the second point, the Marxist one, is that there is even in bringing, labour is a creative activity. And so I think even in the you know we shouldn't apply this framework of you know we're 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 sort of producing in a in a very automaton way. In fact, I think production when it's fully unleashed can be much more creative than than it than it often uh, unfortunately is constrained to be. Uh, under capitalism.
1: I would I would add also, you know, it's this isn't a problem with Burns or um Lee and Michael, um Michal. Sorry, Michal and anybody else really. It's a abiding problem I think in among left wingers themselves is this idea that um there has to be a distinctive um there has to be some kind of distinctive uh body of economic policies that has to count as socialism, which is which is sharply differentiated from the kinds of economic policies that you might have in a modern capitalist economy. As if there's a kind of a checklist of uh, various policies you have to pursue, which are distinctively left-wing and distinctively different, which constant, which again, I mean, I think it tends to be apolitical in its outlook. Focusing like, less like on what? questions Sorry, of Phil, power-
0: like, like what, like what? What is, what is an example of, of this? this mode of thought that you're characterizing.
1: So say you know, that certain kinds of levels of tax are socialist or that certain kinds of housing policy are socialist or that certain kinds, and it's not, you know, those are always will be questions that will be tied into, that will be heavily contextual and concrete and will be dependent on certain kinds of power relations within a society at a given point. So, I mean, and I think those, so that's a pathology, I think, and one that should be, separated out from these debates there is always be
0: there'll always be a sort of undialectical negation of whatever's existing at that point of social development under capitalism right so it's like oh if you have private housing okay well then you'll have public housing or whatever you know or to take one of the examples that you cited so yeah I, i agree that that that's a limitation of it that there's a kind of limitation of imagination even in terms of what people stipulate as being a kind of keystone socialist policy under you know in quotation marks yeah,
2: I mean, we we did say we were going to move through the the questions yeah. according to our plan, um, <laughs> but
1: plans are make made to be broken. No, I was going to say that.
2: To, if if you want to make God laugh, then tell him your idea of a planned economy.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's one of the most miserable fucking things. <laughs> Such a yeah. I think it's John Lennon life. originally. One of Sorry. The most defeatist kind
2: of. Okay, ideals. so Lennon so, is not Lennon
0: So next, we,
1: yeah, move us on to the next question.
0: So yeah, let, let's move on to another kind of set of questions. Um, so th- is, one of the themes is a bit like what happens to class, or will there still be class war in communist society, you know, that uh, you can't, you know, placate everyone and everyone's demands, uh, that there may be differences uh, of opinion over or, or indeed of need of what should be produced. So that there still would be conflicts under this, uh, you know, in a communist society. Um, and that the kind of cybernetic system wouldn't be able to just automatically mediate. Uh, so, you know, effectively, there would still be politics. Um, so, I mean, what do we what do we think of that argument? Or this this kind of question that's been put I, to us?
2: I mean, I, I, responding to your gloss on the on the question, I'm, I'm very dismissive. I think that essentially, you know that's the whole that's the whole promise of a communist society that it is the completion of politics and the the abolition of of class struggle and essentially if you are in a situation where you have achieved material abundance and you're part of a collective political project then these these disagreements take on an entirely different um different hue and a different meaning Mm, and so i think the i think it's it's often like um a a bit of a kind of crude and and uninteresting and i'm not saying this is the patreon question or particularly your gloss on it but it's often a bit of a crude and uninteresting response to communism basically saying well you know who aren't you going to be annoyed that this person has three ferraris when you only have two ferraris like no
0: not really like also, because that's a status good, and I think actually that that points us to to something important that there might still be conflicts over status. I think, uh, and as a general point or a more fundamental one, that status that conflict wouldn't be. Uh, got rid of and indeed conflict might even take group forms that people might band together in in favor of certain ideas now that wouldn't be based rooted in need because it'd be a society of abundance but you might have for example a lot of aesthetic conflict i think you know do you, <laughs> what how do we want uh you know these buildings to look like uh, so it'll be like all the kind of uh you know petty debates that you have over like which band is cooler or whatever uh, but you know that if that's the only conflict you have in, in communist society, I think uh, you know we're doing pretty well for ourselves. So I think I think there probably and would they, be you know conflict over status and aesthetic issues rather than over uh, needs and goods.
1: So I I disagree. I think with both of you, um, and it's a problem that's rooted in the Barnes paper as well, which is a tendency to smudge the distinctive the distinction between at least in the classical Marxist schema, the distinction between socialism and communism. Socialism being a society um from each according to their um, from each according to their contribution. Whereas communism being a higher form of society from each according to their need to each according to their from each according to their need. No, from each according to their ability to each according to their need. So Can you, can you edit levels.
2: that even more to make it feel to make it like feels like from each according
1: <laughs> to their So the the point being that you would still The point I mean, is you can't get fooled again. But socialism being a society where you would still have conflict of different groups, genuine political disagre- um, conflict, which is to say different, um, different asymmetric interests rooted in different group interests, um, reflecting a society that has just emerged out of capitalism. Um, And I think there would be, until you reach a higher level of technological infrastructure, and material abundance, um, and that would be some way away, you would still, the the main contradiction between labor and capital is abolished, but you still have significant contradictions, and those would have to be mediated. And these are debates which are rooted, um, you know, in, in the early kind of Soviet state itself. Um, in debates between Lenin and Trotsky, which are often overlooked, in um, in the debates between Trotsky and Stalin, which came later, um, but meaningful debates about the fact that um, there would be different interests between different groups, and famously, um, that you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to assume that the interests of the state directly coincided with the interests of society, that social needs and interests would still need mediation through different agencies, um, and resolution through different mechanisms. So. I think it's something which, um, which I think you guys ran the distinction together a bit, but and Barnes does it as well.
0: Well, I mean, look, I I take your point entirely, but I think the, but but it's precisely because Barnes does it. I mean, he is explicit. He's not talking about a socialist society which retains certain aspects of capitalism, but it's specifically uh, communist planning. So, um, you know, his vision at least presupposes the absence of. not not of all conflict, as I said, but of, uh, of a substantially symmetric conflict and, and so on. Yeah, and
2: there's an important political question here, which is whether we think socialism is possible at the present point in time um, <clears throat> or whether socialism and communism are. I mean, whether we think there requires a change, a qualitative change in the sort of technology that we have in order to implement a communist society. I mean, obviously we're getting several steps ahead of ourselves here because we've got we've got quite a long way to go before we reach socialism but i'm not sure i agree with that with that premise which i'm taking of what you're saying phil that we are in a situation where we would need to wait for several hundred years before we could before oh, no, we could get to communist Party. no
1: several hundred years but i think it would require at least a generation of um transformation i think before you could have i mean one thing that Burns... i'm willing to wait five years <laughs> maximum Um, I see you're already getting to a five year plan there. Um,
0: One thing that Burns.
1: (laughs) Five year plan to satisfy George. Yeah, that would be uh, probably need more than five years. Um, (laughs) One thing that Burns brings up, which I think is um, significant and isn't dwelt on enough by him and by others, is that Marx, in the definition, the quote that he takes from um, Capital is when Marx defines communism as an association of reproducers. And it's an important, it seems, it sounds trivial, um, but it's important, I think, because he says association, not society. And society, association is something which, by its definition, is something which is voluntarist and participatory. Society is still something which is governed by um, spontaneous social forces, effectively, which are beyond the um, will and control of individuals, so I think that's the key transition which Burns underplays. Mm. That what we what we would see is a transition from society to association, which is to say that um, human the collectivity itself, the character of collectivity itself would change and it would no longer, in fact, be a society at all, but indeed an association, as Marx defines it. And so I think the conceptual he doesn't give Jew. He doesn't give enough kind of time to the conceptual distinction that's right there on the page, which he put, you know, which he himself kind of relies on in the course of his argument. Mm. I mean, I, I, I
2: guess um, one thing which this discussion has, has prompted me to think about is is whether <clears throat> whether we can make this more more concrete, more practical, because I think where there are some there are some really important points um, about, I guess, the definition of communism, the distinction between communism and socialism, um, but I, I and this I think maybe is sometimes one of the issues about the whole planning, is that it can be a little bit a little bit abstract and a little bit kind of taken away from, from actual political debate, discussion, and action because it's essentially <clears throat> at the highest, most abstract level of of technical calculation and political action. So I don't know if we have if we have a way to to bring this background to a um. To a more kind of
0: concrete set of questions or a more immediate issues I mean I just wanted to raise one thing which is uh, because this is the thing that's kind of left most open or the thing that was most unclear to me which is that if you don't have in burns vision a single measure um, for value right so it's not by it's not money it's not it's not um, labor time it's not even you know the time necessary to make a loaf of bread or the resources but it's there's a whole range of different measures which are completely um, of different quality, right? Which are which are not uh, reducible to the same like quantitative level, or or you know you can't compare the different values. Um, that I, I don't see exactly how how that works or how signals are sent according to what need is because how much need, right? How many how many units? Um, so there's no comparison of different kind of units of production and things like that so it seems like that would only I, I yeah i basically don't see how there's any coordination between all these different autonomous units of production or of just life in general you know you're you the building that you live in the commune that you live in whatever
1: mm. yeah i tend to agree i mean i think it's again it kind of it reflects a um a misconception of the issue itself it's the idea that, then, you know, that it's planning, and this is where I think, you know, the People's Walmart, uh, People's Republic of Walmart point is right. Society is already planned. I mean, that's the substance of it. So the idea that it requires some intricate new scheme into which we all have to be plugged in um, is the mistake. It's the yeah. error, and it's um, the great. I think the great kind of point that Michal Mikhail, and um, Lee make. Is that the substantive planning is already there? What needs to happen is it needs to be democratised. So it's not about finding the perfect unit; um, it's about democratising existing kind of institutions. And I'm sure everyone, you know, I mean, I can think of um, I can think of all sorts of ways that you could democratise uh, contemporary life in the UK, from the grand level of the state down to um, local municipalities, authorities, even to the street level. But they're all very; it's all very contextual. I, mean, I don't think it but, makes but, sense hang on, but, but, to,
0: to discuss. But I just think you're glossing you know, over... I love- oh, sorry. I, I Sorry to interrupt you at the end. But I'm, I think you, you gloss over what is essential about Burns' argument, what, it, what is at the core of it, which is to get past uh, the discipline and control of capitalist society. Now, I take your point yeah. about we, we still live in a society, communism will still have... You know, will still be a society which pre-exists uh, its individual members, and therefore it's not a completely free association. You still might have certain responsibilities no, that, and that obligations. Soci- that but would be,
1: that would be social, according to no. I mean, ju- just to be clear about what I was saying, that would be socialism. Whereas communism would be is, at least according to Marx's understanding, it would be that spontaneous, voluntary association, yeah. free oh, of yeah. the free of kind of of um, social of ungovernment. And social forces that bear down on the individual.
0: But okay, but but uh, yeah, no, that's fair enough. But then you, you encounter the problem, I guess, that people are still being, you know, having to be marched off to work, because otherwise, there's no disciplinary mechanism of, of unemployment anymore. So...
1: Sure. I mean, so that would be, and I, I don't. But this, and this is what I was saying. I think you know, there's no way. I mean, there's no way around that. You, um, that is, that would be the case. And as long as we live in a society where certain kinds of work needs to be done, um, there is still compulsion. Less compulsion, more democracy, greater control. But at the end of the day, you still got to get up and you know switch on the Zoom meeting or go to work or do whatever it is. That's the way. I'd, I'd, I, I, uh, mm. is. That yes. is the nature of what socialism. Think,
2: would be. I think you're presenting it in a in a too negative way. No, I think I think the the only thing worse than having a a job is not worth is is not having a job. I mean the it, the the feeling of actually being, um, being useful, being kind of of utility to other people. I I don't have that particular bohemian streak. Maybe this the the issue you of not, of, being no, of, of, not of, of not wanting to have a project that i uh, identify with you know as part of a part of a group and that i think is 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 at the core of what work under socialism would would be there might or might not be zoom meetings but there um, is no but there's but th- there is still there is still a necessity to work but i don't think it would be felt as an external compulsion no, instead I... it would be in felt as an internal drive to to to
1: produce so i agree with that what i'm saying is though that it doesn't um that I'm trying to confront the criticism head on. And I'm not suggesting to brush away the idea of all uh, negativity right. or to suggest that it would be, like I say, like a kind of a caricature of North Korean propaganda where everyone has internalized social needs and there is spontaneous harmony between individual desire and social need. And I don't think that would that would be the case. Um, and it's a mistake to think that it would.
0: So th- there's still a point, which is that Burns's proposal is, I mean, he deliberately glosses over the distinction between socialism and communism. And I think he, you know, he doesn't want socialism, he sees socialism as problematic for maintaining aspects of capitalism, specifically, the, the notion yeah. of discipline. So, yeah, he, what he's do we afraid think about of it. That?
1: And I think this is what I'm trying to say, I think he should be, I just, you know, I think he should be less afraid of it, and that the his concerns are substantively met by the political transformation that the socialist society, a socialist order, would entail.
0: Yeah, fair, fair. Burns recognizes that there would be resistance under the society; that you know people might not want to work for the plan. But presumably, it's precisely those tensions which uh, would, I mean, would still exist under socialism, and. You know we we have to accept that as a necessary stage, but that it might be precisely those resistances which would lead to a push towards full communism. no?
1: I I'll don't t- really understand. I mean, I think he's you know, he's concerned his concerns are misplaced, but I don't think that it's as if um the plan would substitute for the market and the plan is um preferable. Um you know, there'd be certain things which would be planned for, but I mean, otherwise, it's the ordinary work that we undertake anyway. You work to meet people's needs, whatever they might be, whether they be um, primitive and basic, like shelter and food, or whether they be sophisticated, or whether they be, you know, kind of simple pleasures. I mean, those—it's not, you know, those are the things that would be met by a by a different system of property ownership. It's not as if some grand new scheme would um, suddenly substitute for the market. And that we would all line up like iron filings behind a magnet,
0: wouldn't it? I mean, that is a proposal of planning. I mean, both um, both the visions of planning which Burns kar- kar- criticises, as well as the vision that he proposes, that there is planning. I mean, his vision is much more autonomous, and it's because there's no general coordination through um, a single value, right? Through well, labour. I think tokens he means rational.
1: What I understand by plan is rational allocation. Not like um, building, you know, kind of a plan in terms not of a society.
0: No, no, not a blueprint. Well,
1: no, but it's not, you know, building nuclear I mean, so you know, build building rockets to colonize Mars. Maybe people who work in those industries are working for that kind of social goal. But um, the idea that it become that the plan is this kind of grand goal to which everyone is subordinated. I mean, that's a war economy. That's not a that's not a, a freer mm. society.
2: I mean, the worst case scenario is that the plan as a kind of Tool or a method of achieving a goal, then comes to dominate over society in a kind of fetishized way, in the way that uh, tools
0: dominate over society. No, it, it, but it's Catholic more just government. that there would be planning, right? That the economy would be. Yeah.
1: Cent- but there is already. But this is, you know, this is the point. Yeah, but, and but point. Be exactly. There but is
0: exactly. But it would be coordinated and driven towards sat- the satisfaction of need rather than profit.
1: The yeah, more, yeah the and more this, effective satisfaction of need. Yeah. I think to take a step back, it it
2: is good that critiques based on the irrationality, the inefficiency um, of capitalism are back on back in the socialist arsenal because um, it's unsurprising that they dropped dropped away, I guess, after the end of the Cold War because that was seen to be in terms of efficiency and rationality a victory for one method of organisation over another. So, yeah, I mean, it's good that these these things are being challenged. Um, but yeah. I mean, I think that's been a consistent theme of our conversation is moving from the technical to the political.
0: Yeah, very good. Uh, Any last points? I have. Yeah, go on, Phil. Uh,
1: I guess only to. So, I mean, I think, you know, this is we've kind of touched upon this, but inevitably some of these debates are fringed with utopianism in the sense that they're so remote in terms of uh, any kind of immediate, practical um political necessity which confronts uh, the left in any kind of meaningful way but despite that and despite the you know justified hostility to utopianism in general i think they're they're welcome because they stimulate a certain kind of seriousness um even if and as well as a certain kind of um, optimism about the future and a serious intellectual seriousness. And hopefully as a result of that through the process of discussion and critique of political seriousness about transformative possibility. And I think that's to be welcomed. And so I just recapitulate, I guess, what I said, which is, I think um, Burns is right to say that um, uh, computing power doesn't solve the problem of control. I think he's over, he worries too much about the over, the long overhang of capitalism into a socialist society and he underestimates the efficacy of political transformation and democratization in transforming capitalism into socialism and he i think he you know it's a serious problem in his arguments that he smudges distinctions between communism and socialism and i'll leave it there Hmm.
2: I uh, I maybe should have gone first because that was very well put in <laughs> the first half of it. Um, so I I I think I have more minor key points. I mean, one of the the things which I didn't like about the article is how climate change is dropped in. I guess as an argumentative tool, um, and it's sort of whether or not you agree with this argument that he's making. We will have to do to plan to to combat climate change, and I I feel like this is not a it just rings false i think the argument needs to stand on its own in terms of the desirability of of this sort of society that we've been talking about in more abstract or more concrete terms and rather than sort of saying this is a necessity because that that kind of necessitarian form of argumentation doesn't tend to win over um over many people i don't think and maybe just to reiterate, a, a point that we've kind of probably made in a number of different forms that it's I mean, a planned economy is is kind of thumbs up, but really two thumbs up, really, really good is a democratic economy a democratically controlled economy and I think it you know that it's kind of in some ways approaching the same question from two different angles but the the, the the potential problem is you're saying okay what is it that planning allows us to do that's I think the wrong question rather it's what is it that democratic control allows us to do and are there any limits to that um, technically so yeah I mean just to restate I think something which we've probably all been making in, in different ways.
0: Yeah, no, I likewise uh, thought it, it provoked, at least in me, uh, some greater reflection over, you know, examining really what the emancipatory content is of proposals for planning, even uh, at the most democratic level to put that question of human autonomy right at the center of it. Uh, so in that regard, at least it, it was useful. Uh, patrons, I hope you found this useful uh, yourselves. Let us know what you thought of it. As usual, we're always happy to receive uh comments and, and questions on the post and Patreon, uh, and we will uh, endeavor to respond to them in a timely fashion. Uh, sorry when for those times when we don't. Uh we would like to announce what the next one will be but we haven't quite decided it yet we're gonna decide over the next couple of days uh, we're recording this on Thursday the 28th of March this has come out on Friday the 29th of March so um, you know tomorrow uh, so uh, you have time to suggest anything that you would like us to discuss uh, as usual we try to keep them relatively short to make sure that you guys all have time to uh, to read the to read it and digest it and so we can have a good discussion. So uh, do let us know, and uh, otherwise, catch you later. Bye-bye.